Please open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. While we'll be reading the chapter in its entirety, this evening we'll focus our attention upon verse 7 through to the end of the chapter. Hebrews chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if ye will, hard, if ye will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that, that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Pray the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people here gathered this evening. Throughout this chapter, the apostle is declaring the same gospel that both he and Silas declared to the jailer who asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Do you remember their reply? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Indeed, if you are to be saved, if you are enter, if you are to enter into that, into the rest of the promised Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world, believe on Christ. Behold the Lamb of God, and be thankful, and consider God's distinguishing grace that maketh you to differ from all the awful carcasses of unbelief the apostle mentions in verse 18. 
Beloved, behold the distinguishing grace of God in Christ, in it being given to you, that you may believe on the Lord's finished saving work, to be saved from all your sins and iniquity by his hand, indeed by his son's blood and righteousness. As the psalmist puts it, how we ought to serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. All right, let's pick up in verse 7. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7, Paul writes, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err, in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear, verse 11, so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. The apostle here quotes directly from Psalm 95, verses 7 through to 11. And notice the apostle does not attribute the psalm to David, though he does refer to it as belonging to a text in David in chapter 4 of Hebrews. Take notice how that the psalm is said to be the very words of God, that the apostle writes, that the Holy Ghost saith, Indeed, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and may make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, this generation of Israelites professed to be God's people. But at the same time, they were rebellious, murmurers, complainers, indeed, unbelievers. The Lord, deliver me from complaining about anything. Help me to receive the warning through your grace in Christ and not, God forbid, in your wrath outside of him. Now, those unbelieving during the Old Testament dispensation would not hear the voice of God as he spoke to them through his servant Moses and the other prophets. And today, if we are to believe during this New Testament dispensation, today he speaks to us by one greater than his servant Moses. Today he speaks to us by his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he declares ever so plainly and clearly these are the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The apostle wrote in the beginning of Hebrews that God has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. Indeed, the Gospels record repeatedly our Heavenly Father declaring, This is my beloved Son, hear him. If we truly believe the writings of Moses, the word of the Old Testament, we will believe on Christ, for Moses wrote of him. But if we find ourselves not believing the word of the Old Testament, how will we believe on the Son of God and his word in the New Testament? Consider the prophet Isaiah. He declares, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, 
the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Today, if you will not harden your heart, you will discover the reason why you cannot harden your heart. Indeed, why you will not harden your heart is because the Lord has opened it to receive the testimony of his Son. For he saith, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, indeed the everlasting Father. The Apostle will have us to know that those who believe not hardened their hearts through their unbelief. The natural man waxes worse and worse. Now, there is a natural hardness of heart which we all are born with, but there is an acquired voluntary hardness of heart that cometh through rejecting the truth, the light, and the way of Christ. Indeed, our Lord declares, the world hates me because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Beloved, while the world hates him for it, do you not love that he has reproved your sin? The fathers of these Hebrew believers tried God's patience and long-suffering through their complaints, murmurings, and rebellion, even though they had seen God's goodness in providing and protecting them miraculously for 40 years. God was grieved with them, indeed weary of them, displeased with them, and angry with them. As the king's proverb declares, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. God firmly declared that they shall not enter into the land of Canaan, the, the land promised, the, the promised land of rest. And so we see they entered not into it because of unbelief. Indeed, some of the Israelites were not able to enter into the rest of the promised land, which is a similitude of those who today are not able to enter into the rest of the promised land. Christ Jesus the Lord for the very same reason, unbelief. As we heard in our reading, God declares to these complaining and unbelieving Israelites, you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones, which he said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. In verse 12, the apostle continues, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Take heed, brethren. This warning is written to us, brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, a warning founded upon the Old Testament. The apostle warns us all, lest we should follow the same path of unbelief and miss the blessed rest there is to be found for sinners in Christ. Now in the Old Testament, the rest of the promised land pictured the reality of the rest we have in the promised land, the Lord Jesus Christ. A rest that is granted, indeed given to those upon whom the grace of God rests. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Unbelief was the first sin of man and is the root of all our sins. Ultimately, the reason why a man is in hell right now at this very moment 
is this. He believed not on the Lord Jesus Christ. As our Lord declared, this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Indeed, should you be reproved of your sin by the Holy Spirit, you will rejoice and be glad to hear our Lord declare, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. And you'll rejoice to hear him say that precious word, hath. (laughs) Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Not might, not one day, not maybe, but beloved, he that believes on the Son of God has everlasting life right now where you are by his spirit in Christ. (laughs) Not there in that pew. (laughs) You're in him by his spirit. God grant you grace to repent of that hell condemning sin of not believing on him. What a horrible sin unbelief is. Unbelief shuts us out from the mercies of Christ. The gospel declares, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Unbelief renders the word of God of no profit, not being mixed with faith. Beloved, there is only one issue. Turn with me to John, 1 John chapter 5. Look there with me in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Lastly, unbelief causes the unbelieving pretender to finally depart from their outward reliance and confidence in Christ and give way to what they were all along, faithless. What a fearful thing unbelief is, for it closes the door of prayer As the apostle writes later in Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. To be otherwise is to be as a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed to and fro without an anchor, indeed without the faith of Christ. I love what the Holy Spirit preserves regarding the testimony of his faithful servants, in particular Paul. Paul said regarding his preaching that it was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. All right, verse 13, Hebrews chapter 3. The apostle continues... 
But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you should you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Beloved, how we ought to encourage one another, indeed exhort one another, while we have strength and health, indeed, while we have this time state upon the earth, and while we live in this gospel age of the grace of God. How, will we, how may we do this? As God gives us strength, we may do it daily by worshiping, loving, praying, and praising God together. As the apostle writes in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love at the good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As God gives us strength, we may do it daily by teaching, preaching, reading and studying the word of God. As the apostle puts it elsewhere, beloved, continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of from the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Beloved, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. As God gives us strength, we may do it daily by talking together about the things of God, of things that matter more so, and less things and less about things that ultimately don't matter. May God give us strength to do this daily by warning one another when we see signs of indifference and worldliness. Indeed, God give us grace to be faithful friends, faithful friends that wound each other in love, exhorting each other to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Men, we gather together to read from God's word and pray for God's blessing upon the preaching of the gospel. You're all invited. <laughs> We all gather in that room, and it's not a club of some chosen group. All men are invited to be there. You're invited. Brothers and sisters, we gather together beginning at 10 a.m., <laughs> not 11 a.m., every Sunday morning and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. God give us grace to see the danger of that slippery slope of forsaking the gathering together of the saints and that both publicly and secretly. I mean, you can be here and not be here. God give us grace to give attendance to the things of his son through the preaching of the gospel. Verse 14, Paul continuing there, declares, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. We only participate in the blessings and benefits of Christ by a genuine, persevering faith. No man is in Christ by a temporarily, or rather temporary believing, or a pretentious believing. There are examples throughout the New Testament of believing that was not saving faith. For example, when our Lord was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, 
many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But our Lord did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. That is to say that believing that comes from the flesh is nothing more than a vapor that appeareth for a season, but quickly dissipates. But the faith that saves is by revelation of the Spirit of God. Indeed, the faith that saves is God-given. It's the real deal and continues to grow from strength to strength till the sojourn of this life is over. And it is not so much that the believer perseveres, though he most certainly does. Rather, the child of God is preserved to the end by the power of God through the faithfulness of God's only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, as God's word declares, the just shall live by faith, the faithfulness, the uprightness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if any man draw back, our Lord shall have no pleasure in him. I trust, beloved, we are not of them who draw unto draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. God's word declares in verse 15, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Here the apostle repeats what he wrote earlier in verses 7 and 8. The next three verses are a series of three questions leading up to the conclusion of chapter of the chapter in verse 19. These verses explain why the unbelieving Israelites were shut out of the land of promise and stand as a grave warning to us in this day of mercy and grace in Christ, that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may enter into the rest of his blood and righteousness and not be like those whose carcasses fell in the wilderness because of unbelief. Paul writes in verse 16, For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Who were they that heard and yet were rebellious and provoked the Lord to God? Was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Beloved, again take notice that the Apostle is writing to holy brethren, not to the carnal unregenerate, but to those who are described in verse 14 as those who are made partakers of Christ. Notice that it refers to something that has already taken place, not as an act on our part, but rather very blessedly as an act made on God's part, and that having been so made before the foundation of the world. For indeed, we are made partakers of Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Paul writes in verse 17, But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Verse 18, and to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? With whom was the Lord God irritated and provoked and grieved for forty years? Was it not those who sinned by murmuring and rebelling and whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? To whom did God swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to those who listened to his word and believed not? What a solemn warning to us who are favored 
with a clear revelation of his grace in Christ. Though they had many evidences of God's goodness and much light and truth, they did not believe. Paul writes in verse 19, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So we may see the summary of the whole matter. They were not able to enter into his rest because of unbelief. They were not willing to believe God, to trust God, to rely on God, so unbelief shut them out. Hebrews chapter 2, we've looked at this portion before. The beginning part of Hebrews chapter 2, the apostle writes, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So with what words shall I conclude our time spent in this blessed chapter? The very words the apostle himself declared to that jailer. God grant you grace to obey the gospel command. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Indeed, if you are to be saved, if you are to enter into the rest of the promised Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, believe on Christ. Beloved, when he shed his precious blood, he put away the sin of his people and much more through his sinless obedient life, indeed obedience by the things which he suffered for your sake, he shall present you before his heavenly Father blameless in his love. Behold the Lamb of God and be thankful and consider the Father's distinguishing grace in Christ that maketh you to differ from all the awful carcasses of unbelievers that fell in the wilderness during the Old Testament dispensation then and who maketh you to differ from all those who perish in this New Testament dispensation today. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. We'll begin reading there in verse 4, just two verses. Our Lord, declaring these words here, And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that can kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Beloved, behold the distinguishing grace of God in Christ, that it being given to you, you find yourself believing on the Lord's finished saving work, that you may be saved from all your sins and iniquity by his hand. Indeed, by his blood and righteousness. 
Beloved, as you see the undeserved reason for your having entered into his rest by the sovereign grace of God in Christ, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Beloved, rejoice with trembling. We which have believed do enter into rest, the promised rest of the Lamb, seeing that he by himself has purged all our sins and through his one offering has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Amen.